Hello, and thank you for listening to today's broadcast from Stony Point Baptist Church with Pastor Jim England. Today's message continues the series, Jesus' Ministry in the Gospel of Luke. And now, here's Brother Jim. We're going to be looking today in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, chapter 19. So if you want to turn with us, Luke chapter 19, we're going to pick up where we had left off last Sunday, and so it's kind of unusual to look at this passage here in the fall. Usually this is a passage you look at the week before Easter a lot of times, and so this is about the triumphant entry of Christ. So Luke 19, we're picking up at verse 28. When he had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. We're talking about Jesus. And he came to a pass when he drew near to Bethany and to Bethany, at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village opposite you, where as you enter, you will find a colt tied, on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to them, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went there, their way, and they found it just as he had said to them. But as they were loosening the colt, the owners of it said to them, Why are you loosening the colt? And they said, The Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus, and they threw their own clothes on the colt, and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread out their clothes on the road. And then, as he was drawing near the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that he had, they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called out to him from the crowd, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. And let's have prayer. Lord, I just ask your continued blessings. We, we want to draw close to you. We want to be able to know your word. And we want it to be able to impact our lives and change who we are. We just ask that you would just bless today and work in a mighty way. Thank you for each one that's here. Help us to be focused. Help your will to be done in each of our lives. And we thank you for all you do now. And we ask your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. As a little boy, he got sick and wasn't feeling well and had problems with his throat. So it's time to go to church. And so they said, well, you're sick. You won't be able to go to church today. So mom stayed home with the little boy and everybody else got to go to church. And it just happened to be Palm Sunday. And so when they come back home, everybody, all the other children had these palm branches. And so the little boy said, what is all of this? And they said, well, when Jesus come through, everybody took their palm branches and waved it. And the little boy said, it figures. The day I miss is the day he'd show up. <laughs> you know, one thing about church, we, do, we certainly don't want to miss out. You never know when you miss, it seems like you miss God working and moving. So yo, you don't want to miss out when God's doing something. You always want to be present and be here. You know, actually, here in Jerusalem, Jesus was coming through and there was a lot of people that missed missed out on who He truly is and missed out on truly worshiping Him. Now, one of the things that was going on here is that we see announcement of who Jesus is. Remember, at His birth, 
the angels announced to the shepherds that uh, the very Son of God was going to be born there in Bethlehem. At Jesus' baptism, actually before His baptism, John the Baptist, the prophet, said, Behold the Lamb of God. He announced who Jesus was. At His baptism, there's a voice that came down from heaven. God the Father announcing who Jesus is. And here we see that a lot of the people were gathered and they were celebrating because they were remembering the mighty things that Jesus had done. And it was like the Holy Spirit was just confirming and announcing this is the Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus, He never denied it. But here, Jesus is publicly letting people know He is the Messiah. He is the one that they've been waiting for. And so what's going on? This announcement's taking place. And so one of the things that we see is it's actually the fulfillment of Scripture. And here Jesus is fulfilling Scripture. Now, we're going to focus in on the donkey here. But before we do that, I know some in our Sunday school have been going through Daniel. In Daniel, in chapter 9 of Daniel, Daniel gives the prophecy of the 70 weeks and years. That's 70 weeks and years would be 400, 7 times 70, 490 years. Minus 7, 483. And so there in Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 through 27, you read that and he just basically tells us from the time of this proclamation that was given, if you went 483 years, then you would have been there that, this very day as Jesus was coming in to the triumphant entry. That's what Daniel was prophesying. Not only was it prophesied in Daniel about this time, but also in Zechariah. So I want to read to you Zechariah 9.9. Here's Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just having salvation, lowly, riding on a donkey. Jesus, when He tells the disciples, picks two of them, says, I want you to go to so-and-so, and I want you to, there's a donkey that's there that's untied. I want you to get that and bring it to me. Jesus is basically proclaiming and fulfilling Scripture. Not only is He the fulfillment of Scripture, but it was a symbol of peace. And that day, whenever a general or a Roman soldier or a Roman leader would conquer or had intention of conquering, they had a parade to send them out. He, this conqueror rode a stallion. And it was a sign of war. It was a sign that uh, I'm in charge. But whenever you came riding on a donkey, It wasn't a sign of war, it was a sign of peace. And Jesus is coming into Jerusalem riding a donkey as a declaration of peace. Isaiah said that He was the Prince of Peace. Remember we we talked about the angels? And the angels in Luke chapter 2, they sung glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. The book of Romans tells us. And Romans... Chapter 5, 
Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. How do you have peace with God? It's through Jesus Christ. You see, they were actually looking for someone that would overthrow Rome. But Jesus wasn't coming to overthrow Rome. Jesus was coming to be able to overthrow sin. And there are many people, many people that don't have peace that find themselves in bondage, addiction, and they, can't have, they don't have peace with God. But Jesus said, I'm coming that you may have peace. And He was going to Jerusalem for that purpose of paying the penalty of your sin. Therefore, Paul went on to say this in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, which I love this verse. If you've ever felt guilty and condemned, this is what a great verse. He said, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If you have His peace, you're no longer condemned. Your sin has been paid for through the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. So you can have peace. That's why Jesus came. And so riding into Jerusalem on that donkey was a symbol of peace. It's not just a symbol of peace. But it was also a statement. A statement that He is the very Son of God and the Son of David. In 1 Kings chapter 1, there Solomon, not his brothers, but Solomon is chosen to be the next king. And to be able to make this statement so everybody can celebrate, David, King David, they had Solomon ride on a donkey through Jerusalem in proclamation, in a celebration, in an announcement, this is the king. In essence, Jesus is riding in to Jerusalem, and that's what he's saying, I'm in the line of David. Why is the genealogy so important in the New Testament? In Matthew and Luke, it lets us know who Jesus was. He fulfills the Scripture and He is in the line of David. He's the rightful heir to the throne. So Jesus, this announcement's been given. That's why He has to ride in on the donkey. Makes a statement. And what's the reaction of all the people? What's the reaction as Jesus is coming in? Now, Listen, people have been thinking about all the miracles that He's done. And we've been studying through Luke, but in John's Gospel, one of the things that we had missed is when He was in Bethany, Lazarus had been raised back from there. Everybody was talking about Lazarus. All the great things that Jesus had done. We know that blind Bartimaeus came into Jerusalem with them. And so they were talking about the blind seeing they're talking about all these great things. And people began to celebrate. And they broke out in song. And they began to sing. And what are they singing? The Psalms of Ascent. If you was to go beginning at Psalm 120 through Psalm 134, when people traveled, the Psalms of Ascent, they sang those songs. And so if you if turn to Psalm 120 in your Bible, you would see there, it would say, a song of ascent. And you just turned in the next chapter, in the next chapter, that's what it would say. Song of ascent, song of ascent. They would sing that. Well, here, they weren't singing those songs of ascent. Said they had, it was a messianic song. It was in Psalm 118. 
Psalm 118. This morning we sung verse 24. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. But you know what? Here they sung verse 26. And verse 26 says, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Except they changed it and they said, Blessed is the King. They recognized, they were saying, Jesus is the Messiah. Blessed is the King. And they were singing. They were singing from their hearts. It was a time of praise and celebration. Man, it's been something to have been there. They were singing. And they added, peace in heaven and glory to the highest. It was kind of almost back at His birth when the angels had said, glory to God in the highest and peace and goodwill toward men. I just kind of wonder if the angels weren't just there helping people say, we need to sing this. He needs to be praised and honored. And so they were singing songs of praise. Not only was there a song of praise, but the Bible tells us here that they took their cloaks now, at first, they put that on the donkey and set Jesus on the donkey. Then it tells us, not only did they do that, but then they also, some of the others took their clothes and placed it on the road. See that in verse 36? So we went and many spread their clothes on the road. And see what that is a sign of. It is a sign that this person deserves respect. And basically, as I was doing that, and then they walk over that. I'm just, I'm basically, I'm saying I'm submitting myself to His authority. I'm paying homage to Jesus, the rightful King. And so as He was coming, that's exactly what they were doing. And then in the other Gospels, we know that they had their palm branches. And they sung, Hosanna. What's Hosanna mean? It means this, save us. And they were shouting out, save us, deliver us. Now, what they really wanted was a deliverance. They wanted a deliverance from Rome. What would Jesus come? He's coming to deliver them from sin. We're living in such a time when so many people are just bound up with sin. Addicted. And they just feel trapped. Many of them feel like there's no way out. None. Jesus came to be able to deliver us so that you can have forgiveness and that when Christ becomes your focus, when Christ, when you surrender it by faith and say, Lord, I need you and your power, He's the one that can help deliver us from the sin that has beset us. And there's many people that have been lied to they have been led down the wrong path. And there may be somebody here today, there's somebody that's going to be listening. Jesus Christ is the one that you need to turn to. He's the one that's going to be able to help you. It's Christ. That's why He came. And so His people shouted, Hosanna, save us. That's what we need to do. We need to call out, Lord, save. Help me. And that's what Jesus has come to do, to be able to deliver you. Well, before we move on, let me just back up. There's a couple of things I do want to just make mention of. One of them is the disciples. Remember he told them, he said, you, I want you to go and I want you to find this donkey. And if somebody asks you why you're untying this donkey, you tell them the Lord has need of it. 
Now, it's interesting, about half the people that study scriptures, that are scholars, they would say, Jesus had prepared this beforehand. The other half said no. He just sovereignly knew this donkey was going to be here and that they would let him have it. Whatever it is, doesn't matter. Jesus told the disciples, he said, ask this person for the donkey, or just go get it. And if they ask you, what are you doing? And sure enough, that's what happened. They come to get the donkey, and somebody says, hey, what are you doing? Why are you taking my donkey? The Lord has need of it. Wouldn't that be something? Something that you have that you think it's never been broke. It's not ready to be used. And the Lord says, I've got need of it. You know, back when there was 5,000 in the crowd that needed to be fed, a little boy had his lunch there. Andrew came and said, hey, the Lord has need of your lunch. And it fed 5,000 people. You know, there's uh, Mary when they were having that special dinner for Jesus and she took that perfume and broke over him. Basically, some thought it was a waste. But the Lord had need of that. She wanted to worship. She wanted to honor him. What would happen if the Lord needed something from you? Larry Crabb, one time, he said when he was young, he was just really young, he said he was called on a lead in prayer, first time in church, public. He said, I stumbled over my words. I twisted things together. I said stuff I shouldn't have said. He said, for example, I said, Father, thank you for dying on the cross. Well, you know, it was Jesus technically that died on the cross. He said, and I just made a mess of my prayer. He said, and I just tried to get out of there as quick as I could. And he said, and sure enough, there comes this older fellow up to me. And he said, I just knew he was going to give me a theology lesson. Instead, he said, he put his arm around me. He said, I am so proud of you. And he said, I just want you to know, however the Lord uses you, I'm behind you 100%. And he said, to this day, those weren't just words. He said, that was God speaking, and to this day it brings tears to my eyes. Let me ask you something. If the Lord has need of you to be able to give words to encouragement to some young person, if the Lord has need of you to be able to fill a shoebox, or the Lord has need of something, Maybe it seems like it's minor or not importance, but all of a sudden God says, I could use this. Are you willing to allow God to be able to use it? What if this guy said, no, no, I, that's my donkey. No, no, I can't let you do that. We're talking about the Lord. The Lord has need of it. Take it. If God can use it, take it. Use it. The Lord had need. He still wants to use the things that we've got and we need to allow ourselves to be a vessel for Him. The other thing I was wanting to point out is the giving of praise. The Pharisees, remember the Pharisees began to tell, speak to Jesus, you know, your disciples, you need to stop them, you need to rebuke them. That was in verse 29, or 39, excuse me. Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And Jesus said, I'm not. If they weren't praising, the rocks would cry out today. Do you really praise the Lord? This is publicly. 
You know, some people say, and this is going to become more common, they're going to say, you know, we don't mind Christians being Christians. We just want you to be Christians in church, in the four walls of the church. And that's it. We don't want you to say anything. We don't mind you praying, but don't pray in Jesus' name. Don't mention Christ. You get outside the four walls, don't mention Jesus. That's what they're just saying here. You need to stop this. They're lifting up your name, Jesus. Stop it. I'm not. You know, the Lord wants us to be able to praise Him, and it's not just on Sundays. We need to be able to lift up the name of Jesus and carry that name wherever we go. Be willing to speak. Speak up and let people know how blessed we are. And we're grateful for what we have because of Christ. And I'm going to tell you something. I wouldn't be much without Jesus. I'm not much anyway, but what I am, I am thanks to His grace. And what I have, I have because of Him. And I want to be able to honor Him. I want to be able to praise Him. So I just want to point out to you. You know, and then it's interesting, as they were coming to Jerusalem... People are praising and singing. They're having a good time. They get to a place where Jesus can see into Jerusalem. And we didn't read these verses. We stopped. But if we kept reading here in chapter 19, we got to verse 41. And it says this, Now as he drew near, he saw the city, and then he wept. This word wept here is a word that means that he wailed. People are praising and all of a sudden, Jesus, I mean, He is welling like it's a loss. He is brokenhearted. In Matthew's Gospel, He said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. I would have gathered you like a hen does her chicks, but you would not. Jerusalem as a whole was rejecting Jesus. And it brought tears to His eyes. You know, I still think that today, I don't know as far as in heaven, as far as does Jesus shed tears today, I don't know. But I do know His heart's broke. Because even today, there's people throughout America and throughout the world that are rejecting Christ. This morning, even this very hour, there's going to be people say, no, no. I reject Jesus for who He is and what He stands for. No, I don't want Him being in control of my life. And Jesus' heart, we see, is broken. That Jesus was headed to Jerusalem. He was headed to shed His blood, to be a sacrifice, to pay for the sins of every single person. Let me ask you something. Who is it that can be forgiven? Who is it that can be saved? Whosoever. Every single sin was placed upon Christ. Jesus died for every single person. And for somebody to reject Him, that means you rejected the one that has paid your penalty, that loves you that much. Now some people might say, well, Brother Jim, that is for Jerusalem. That wasn't for us. How can you say that? Well, listen to this. When Jesus ascended back to heaven, He said, I'm going to leave you another comforter. And He left us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came, Pentecost. And the Holy Spirit is at work. And you sense Him when you come into church. When you begin to study Scripture, you sense the Spirit of God. And even today, you can sense God's Spirit 
driving home and letting you know Jesus loves you. He died for you. Jesus wants to change you. And you can sense it. You can sense Him convicting and convincing. And so to reject Christ, you're rejecting Him in spite of His tears. You're rejecting Him in spite of His sacrifice and you're rejecting Him in spite of the Spirit of God. But here's the good news. Not everybody's going to say no. You see... They were people that threw their cloaks on the, on the ground and it wasn't just a symbol. They were submitting themselves to His authority. They were just saying, I believe you're Lord. You're the Messiah. They were people that had their lives changed. They were people like Bartimaeus. They'd never be the same. And they may be somebody here today. Today is your day. You can sense God drawing you. And today, instead of rejecting, you're going to say, yes, that's what I need. My life needs Christ. I need hope. And Jesus is that hope. And today I'm coming to receive Christ. Today I'm letting Christ come and make a difference in my life. And that may be you. We're going to have a moment of invitation here. So let's take a moment and have prayer together. Lord, thank you for letting us come this morning. We're grateful to sense your presence Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be able to witness children singing about you. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us just to be able to gather and to worship and to lift up the name of Christ, to be with fellow believers that love you. And now, Lord, we just this is a time for us to be able to respond to what you'd have us to do. And Lord, there's some that don't have that relationship. There's some that are struggling and they need help. They need hope. And it can only be found in you. And I just ask that today that you would allow them to step out in faith, turn away from sin, and be able to allow Jesus to be the authority of their life. To trust in Christ and what He has done. He is the authority. He is the one that can forgive us and the one that can cleanse and change us. Lord, maybe there's Christians that have kind of gone off the wrong path and today they just need to be able to rededicate themselves. They just realize how much that you love them. And today they know that they need to be able to be changed. And so I ask, Lord, that you would help them to come back to you. Lord, there may be some concerns and other things that's going on in people's lives. Maybe there's, Lord, sometimes it's just hard, it's hard to stand for you. and Maybe there's... We need to come and just ask, Lord, help me not to be afraid, to be a coward, but help me to make a strong stand for you. I just ask, Lord, that your will could be done in our lives. May you be honored and glorified in this, we ask in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Pastor Jim England. If you missed a sermon or would like to re-listen to a message, you can find Brother Jim on Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Google, and Apple under Stony Point Podcast with Jim England. God bless you.